Welcome back to another episode of Aboutcast. We got another hot one, and the hot one is episode 71 of Attack on Titan, and the episode is called Guide, and essentially, we're kind of back in the hot seat, and of course, with this review, I have my partner in crime, Chris, and Chris, how's it going, bro? Doing well, man. Another, I'd say pretty good episode. There's a lot of info uh, that that ha- a, lot of, a lot of info, a lot of things that happened, uh, and this was definitely the episode to start things off where it's going to start getting real hot. How you doing? I'm doing good. I, I think the same thing. I really think that they've lulled us in, set up a lot of scenes, and set up a lot of stuff, and now we have a pretty, you know, a pretty exciting setup for the final sprint of Attack on Titan, which is going to be only what we have four more episodes left after this. And I'm, I'm getting really excited because it's, it's kind of setting the scene to be something that is going to be just explosive to the very end. So it should be good, but without further ado, let's just hop into this. So I'm not sure if you really pulled anything meaningful from the opener, which was, Armin kind of being curious about touching Annie, which is kind of weird that he did it so late, being that he's already visited her and just talking to the kind of a guard there. And essentially for me, I don't know about you, Chris, but I felt like it was just essentially a nod to, you know, the scouts are in tight, you know, you know, watched and guarded in tight step. So you know, there's nothing that they can get away with without people being guarded, you know, things being guarded and them being watched. Was there anything that you pulled from that outside of that? No, not really. Uh, it's there was one thing that's just kind of cool. I, I've been watching rewatching season one of Attack on Titan and uh, throughout like kind of towards the end of the season when you kind of find out like Annie is the. um the female Titan, like during that time, you kind of see Armin and Annie kind of like build a relationship and you kind of see that there's something different or something more between those two. So I uh, just seeing this episode, is, it was just really cool to see that in that first first bit of it and how uh, I think her name was Hitch was saying that Armin like has a crush on Annie and things like that. But other than that, there wasn't there wasn't much else uh, besides all the things that you already you already touched on. Way to go back in time for that one. And uh, to play off that a little bit, it, it might be a, it might just be, you know, Annie's just irresistible to the Colossal Titans. Cause if my memory serves me right, Berthold was also kind of um, had a soft spot for her as well. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember, but uh, I, I, I do kind of vaguely remember Berthold having something, something with her, but yeah, dude, it's, those colossal titans, man, they got got something for those, those yeah. female titans. Well, they got more to share than than any of them, so <laughs> it kind of makes sense. <laughs> but anyway, as we move on, I think it's kind of a a little bit of a weird opener, but it, you know, usually they're a little bit more impactful. But I don't think that we're kind of missing out on it because of this impactful episode in general. But essentially, the next kind of scene that we see is. Uh, obviously there's a whole bunch of 
chaos and noise going around about the lack of transparency that the military is essentially laid out for the populace. And now they're up in arms knowing that Aaron, the guy that just essentially kind of grabbed the win for the country is in prison. And of course it looks horrendous to them because they don't know the full context. And, you know, short of the rumbling and short of everything else, do you, do you think there's any other way of handling that situation? So if, if it was, if you were the PR manager of this, Chris, uh, what would you do differently if you can kind of run it back? Mm. I'd definitely make sure I didn't have any rats who are going to leak information. That's for sure. But there's no way of knowing that unless it happened. Uh, but other than that, dude, I don't, I don't really know what I would do. Like I, Paradis is in a really, really tough spot, especially the military, uh, just with like this civil war that's about to break out. And there's the military's not like one cohesive unit. Like you have different mm-hmm. kind of factions who have different beliefs and like, they're supposed to be this, this, I, I guess, I guess this cohesive unit that, um, needs to be sound and needs to like be on the same page and just no one is on the same page right now. And it's, it's kind of, it's really concerning watching because like, I really want parodies to, to pull through, but it's just, it's looking really, really dark for them right now. I, I can't help but acknowledge that same point. And they've always been you know, haven't seen each other eye to eye. And there's a lot of distrust in different, diff- well, different branches of the military, but it's, it's really, really apparent and really, really threatening to the safety of Paradis, especially when they need to act correctly and properly. And later on in this episode, I might even in a really weird way, I think something positive happens for the conciseness and the decision-making of what's going on. And, uh, yeah, but I'll talk about that when it comes. Essentially, if you were the PR manager, what would you do? Or if oh, anything, man. you had to turn it on me, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> I, I think that the first thing I would do would be, I guess you got to get out ahead of things and, you know, hindsight is 2020, so it'll be a little different mm-hmm. when, you know, now, and I'm sure I wouldn't have made the best decision then. But I would have just said, put out a public statement saying that, you know, Aaron, the war hero is back. And essentially, currently now, because of course, the people would want to see him soon. He is away strategically figuring out the next move to Mm. secure Paradis's um, safety as a country and the legacy of it, essentially. Or like, you know, going over the new tech of marley and stuff like that so even if he was in prison kind of being a little dirty as far as the government goes if i'm the pr manager it might be a little scummy um (laughs) scummy of me to do or you know truly just have him in lockdown somewhere way way out there and we never know exactly where this prison is but we know that it has to be somewhere relatively has to be somewhere relatively close because of the proximity of, you know, Armin and the one guard, we're in, you know, a similar looking dungeon with Annie. And then all of a sudden, 
they are kind of at headquarters. So I'm figuring that it's not too far away, but who really knows? Yeah. Good answer. I like it. <laughs> Thanks, man. Sorry for turning <laughs> I got on the you. job. I had to No, you did. Yeah. It's only fair. <laughs> so we essentially at this point, we're we're talking with or we're sitting down with Pix and Yelena and Last episode, we obviously had the conversation between Pigs and Yelena, and there was an accusation or just saying, hey, so we know that you talked to Aaron. And then she just said, nah, that, nah dog, that wasn't me. And <laughs> now, she, now she finally comes out with it. But Chris, from your, you know, from your perspective, how'd that conversation go? What were the things that you picked out from it? What were the things that you, you know, thought were irrelevant or thought were really interesting. Like, give me, give me your well-rounded response to that conversation that they had. I, dude, I feel like she's, she's not giving, I, I feel like everything that she's saying is almost a lie. But at the same time, like there's some truths inside of what she's saying. Uh, like, for example, like she told Pixis that she didn't like, she wanted Aaron to just obliterate, obliterate Marley. Uh, and then there was also like, she was the one who was, she was the one who like built the volunteers, I guess. And like their main plan was just to destroy Marley. But then she also told, uh, I think it was Anya Capone or something like oh, yeah. oh, oh, Yin Capone. Yeah. Yeah. And like, she was just saying how, like, like I said, that she wanted to obliterate Marley, but then she was telling parodies, uh, that, like they wanted, she wanted them to have certain uh, certain rights within the within the island and have certain jobs and things like that. So, I do. She just seems so two faced and like this like master secret spy to me. What'd you pick yeah. out? Yeah, I mean the same thing. I felt like for some reason I was having trouble following just because of mm-hmm. the incoherency of the conversation. Yeah, but I also believe that that just has to do with her kind of being a zealot and. You know, she's almost it's almost like she can't control her excitement for what's about to happen. And so a lot of the conversation seems a little bit offbeat, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's a little bit trickier to follow along. But, yeah, there's there was absolutely some sort of, you know, lie in there. And the thing that I also picked up, which was a little bit more offbeat, was. Pix's last comment was about how, you know, every good lie has a little bit of truth in it. And then, you know, it made me think about what exactly is she telling the truth on? Because I think right there, he's kind of just calling her out. Mm. But I, it's really hard to tell if you, you know, if you're not a polished lie detector of a human being, exactly what she's, because I mean, there's times where she makes such a big risk of reaching out to Aaron in the first place and just to say, Hey, yo, what's up? My name's Yelena. All right. Yeah, dog. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then she, you know, so she says, she tells Aaron that, you know, something needs to happen. You know, time is of the essence, but then pick says, Oh, but you just, so you essentially just went to see him out of curiosity. And it's like, well, not necessarily, maybe she didn't have a plan, but out of curiosity, she wouldn't have said, Hey, like something needs to happen, right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. curiosity of what he could do, but who knows, man? It just seemed a little fishy. 
Yeah. It, yeah. It, like you said, it was super, super confusing and hard to follow. I forgot to mention that, but yeah, man, it's, she's so confusing. And I feel like she's almost like the master planner behind this. Like everything that's going on is what it kind of seems like to me right now. Yeah. There's, you get the sense for sure that she kind of has puppet master vibes. Mm -hmm. There's, there are times though that she's hmm, maybe, maybe she's so smart that she will like put herself in the line of duty in a sense. And, um, you know, do unpuppet master like things, especially when she was, uh, you know, escorting Pike and um, Guillard to the pit. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, she's just a complex and convoluted character, but she definitely has her faults and we're, we're seeing huge cracks in her psyche and things of that nature right now. But anyway, so now we kind of jump from, her and picks to another volunteer and another head of the military, Hanji and Oyen Capone. And there's a f- brief conversation about kind of like how we got here. And Oyen Capone's just lamenting the fact that we've helped you, you guys out so much and we've been a team. And now you guys are locking us up and don't mm-hmm. trust us, which is, you know, rightfully so kind of a like, come on, like, why, why is this the case? And then, Chris, could you describe to me if you if you understand it yourself, if you understood it yourself, but could you describe to me what type of reaction Hanji was making when she had the the weirdest face ever and gotten up in his grill? What was that? Dude, I cuz this was after Anya Capone kind of told her everything like how the volunteers were formed, right? Like what Yelena was doing that whole time? Um, no, because uh, Hanji has yet to disclose the information that Yelena met with Aaron. And then after that, she says, hey, tell me everything about this chip. Oh, so this is just like, this is the opening to it. In that case, dude, I have no idea. She's so weird. I, I In the first season that I, like, that I said I was rewatching, she has a bunch of those moments where she's like up in someone's face and like making some weird noise. And like, it's so strange. Yeah, dude, I don't, I have no idea. Do you have anything? Oh, bro. She's, she's a weirdo 100% man. And I'm, I'm not exactly sure if I could uh, put a, I mean, that's why I asked you. I have no idea what that type of business was about. And it didn't seem like, Oh, Yin Capone did either. The way that he reacted to it. He's like, what? Like, yeah. Like, what are you? Yeah, what's wrong with you right now? But anyway, so past Hanji's um, just kind of like really weirdness, there is a lot of information that we get from Yelena and the way that she's kind of like really been one of the strong leaders of the volunteers and one thing that we pull from it is well, one thing I pulled from it and you could have pulled something different, but I feel like she's a clear psychopath by the way that she's been kind of, you know, like killing people and, you know, just mercilessly running through Marlene's. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. You can kind of see it in the past episodes too. When she, like the way she talks about Zeke and Aaron and her, like her facial expressions, she's just weird dude she's on on the same level as hanji 
or on, on weird on the weirdness scale. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Kind of, uh, yeah. It it seems like there's something. Yeah. Well, anyway, she's clearly off, and then we realize Hanji's finally getting on your level, Chris, and putting the dots together. She's like, you know, oh well, she hates Marley, but she also gets them restaurant jobs. And so now the gears are turning a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. And so now we kind of have, and I actually, I think this is a huge acknowledgement to the theory. And it also kind of implicates a lot of things here as far as the, the lack of, the lack of awareness on the military's group and things of that nature. And just like the sheer coordination of the volunteers in a sense of, you know, actually having cooks and waiters involved there. Do you like, how deep does this go, man? Like, yeah. Like I'm, do you think some of them are aware of what's going on? Cause it see that really does seem like on young Capone doesn't know what's going on so do you think there's certain people who like i said who know exactly what's going on and some who don't yeah yeah i mean clearly so but i also think that it's a it's so measured in the fact that she would have had to wait to or like maybe over three years convince like you know each and every individual skilled enough to like go into the restaurant and stuff like that Mm -hmm. to do this job and if she was killing Marleans, then she was kind of putting in doing the dirt three years before she even, or not three years, but before she even got to Paradise. So it's just like an inclination of, or inkling of, this is, this kind of goes back further than we might even suspect originally. Yeah, that's what it's seeming like. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the volunteers, everyone knows that she's kind of crazy. Um, so he wasn't really surprised when she met with Aaron, but we kind of are going to switch gears and you know what, this is jumping from military, like head to military head to military head. And now we're dealing with Dallas Zachary in his office and we're in the same scene with Armin and Mikasa. And we're just getting the vibe that the military police once again, is not seeing eye to eye with the other ones, hoarding information, and essentially, I think just writing off Aaron as a you know a loose cannon and already corrupted by Zeke at this point. So they have to get rid of him essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, well, actually, go ahead and tell me what you think about that, Chris. It. Uh... It's just like I said earlier, it's dark, man. It's not looking good. And it's it's almost upsetting to see the military and the government, like the whole mixture of everyone not being on the same page, because it all it almost seems like like if you guys were on the same page, none of this would be happening right now. And you guys would be able to figure out what you need to do. Uh, and it, it does mm-hmm. suck that they kind of have given up on Aaron just because of everything that he's done for him. But it also makes sense that they are giving up on him because Aaron just, he's holding a lot back from them and he's not showing any emotions. He's not, not even really, it doesn't even really seem like he's seeking Armin and Mikasa. I feel like he's almost 
push them aside and just use them to to get him out of Marley. And that was about it. Like it, it didn't even seem like he was happy to see them really. Uh, so yeah, th- that's, that's my feelings. I, you know, obviously that's also another really interesting topic and subject at hand. Uh, once we get to this part in the episode, but it's like how much of Aaron is, well, here we go again. Right. So we have this conversation between Yelena and Aaron. And if we can safely say that she lied about what she's talking about in the conversation or what she talked about that we know of, then we can kind of start, we have to start sussing out exactly what she was saying from the jump. So like, you know, I think we get bits and pieces of information throughout this episode about, you know, what that conversation was about, but we just have to stay patient and kind of let the things unfurl. And one of them is Dallas has a bomb strapped to this really just kind of like really weird chair. And before we talk a little bit more about the bomb, Chris, do you know what that chair is about? Like I just, I struggled to figure that out, that one out. I actually don't, I've no, I don't think I've ever seen it before in the past past seasons or anything that like that it almost looked like a almost like a torture chair or something like that like that's the yeah the best thing that i could come up with you have any other uh fun ideas about it or is that about it no i think that's as fun as it gets my man yeah <laughs> it's, a, it's a chair of torture <laughs> um and it's kind of ironic because it does end up killing a couple yeah. people yeah. and that's because there was a bomb in there and Right before, you know, these little details that Attack on Titan throws at us, we know that there was a couple recruits, scout recruits, that actually brought that chair up. So we, you know, a little small detail that you know normally wouldn't matter, but now we know that there's an assassination on the top military leader, and we kind of have an idea of who it was about, but. Another thing, too, that I realized that was just kind of like a really interesting thing of this place is going to hell is the crowd's reaction to the actual explosion that happened right in front of them and the dude getting launched in the air. They were like excited about it. Yeah. Dude landed literally right in front of him and they're like, yeah, come on now. Like, what's going on? It's crazy. It's but crazy, it almost man. it almost seems like there's like a civil war brewing and and just ready to happen. So it's like, <laughs> I keep saying it, but it's looking scary, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so anyway, we obviously there's there's you know more fires to put out by the second, but now at this point we have we're in this room, this meeting room, and now they're talking about what's happened. The it was actually we figured out that the you know that a few prisoners escaped and that's flock and people now that they call the Jaegerists who are the like the extremist group that are supporting Aaron and Zeke and are wanting kind of the as as they would call the new Eldian or Eldian Empire of kind of like we have we're seeing a little bit more texture on this extreme group and um just as a side note man i thought that flock and the jaegerists was a pretty <laughs> sick band name 
Um, feel free to use that for all of you who are listening. Um, just give me a shout out when you get famous. The Dude, yeah, go you, for it, Chris. What'd you What'd you think about a shirtless Aaron roaming the roaming the streets of Paradise? Or not the streets, but I guess the fields of Paradise. I so that's actually yeah. So that's another thing that we realized is not only does Flock escape, Sorry, but Aaron does skipped. too. No, man. Well, that's like a big bomb drop there, but. I think it was an inevitable one. And another reason why I think that we we have to start questioning the conversation that Yelena had and Aaron, because mm-hmm. it seems so coordinated that, you know, everybody would escape at the same time and Aaron would know where to meet up with these people. Yeah. So it's like if you had to speculate, what did she say to Aaron in that conversation? Oh, my gosh. I hate this. No, I'm just kidding. I know. Um, (laughs) I don't know. It's. Yeah. I feel like it has to be something that is super, super time, like super pressing for him to to change his mind and side with them and not the rest of parodies. What I'm really confused about is how no one noticed Aaron escape because he had the like the titan markings on his face so i'm assuming that he he changed into a titan which is as we know is like a huge explosion that happens and i'm just really confused on how like no one saw that or heard it or anything like that do you have any thoughts on how he escaped without being noticed at all yeah man so the only thing that i could reasonably say would be Using the Warhammer Titan powers uh, that he mentioned before, he probably used the spikes to manipulate the bars or just blow a hole in the ground to get out. Mm. Um, Even though he does have the Titan kind of like eye marks, I still think that that would probably have been his best shot because obviously deep that down or like deep down that below ground, I think he would kill himself if he just kind of transformed. Mm-hmm. So that would be the only reasonable explanation that I would have. But interesting. Yeah. But who really knows? Yeah. But anyway, I mean, so kind of hoping we find out. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say it's really interesting too, because the conversation is like quite direct. And of course it would be because they gotta make stuff happen, but uh it's like Aaron is completely informed um of what's going on by the time that flock you know he's like okay so you know are is this everybody um you know no there's some people still hidden so we still have some spies in there which is interesting Mm -hmm. and he's super direct the next thing he wants is hey let's get let's find some zeke and um (laughs) let's get the let's get the road on the show yeah yeah (laughs) no he probably should have said it (laughs) <laughs> Would have gotten, yeah. but um anyway now we have this like massive threat of this kind of rowdy Aaron who is on the hunt for Zeke and is going to run into Levi eventually which I think that that's going to be the most fascinating conversation or not conversation I don't think it'll be like hey what are you doing over here Aaron <laughs> I think I think it's going to be way more explosive than that, but I'm really curious to see how they kind of get there. But now that we're kind of have the Aaron situation fully up to date, we go back to picks 
And now this guy's kind of the commander of it all. And one question I had is like, would you just throw Yelena in jail or do something more kind of like safe to keep her away from all that's happening? Because obviously you just didn't say, oh, shoot, we have something else to do here. So just hang out. Right. <laughs> I would definitely not do that. I would if I was picks, I would have her by my side, like in handcuffs the entire time. Like You're not leaving my sight just because once you turn your back, so she's going to be gone. And I, I yeah. feel like that that is what has happened if she's not nearby or with them right now. Yeah, well, it's like such a juggle, too, because, you know, you don't want her too close so that she hears all the information of what's yeah. going on. But you don't want her out of your sight just because of how treacherous this lady is. Yeah, super spy, man. She is. She's turning out to be yeah. real crazy. Yeah, man, 100 percent. And we have this kind of like funky conversation between you know, Lady Kim Yo-Ming and Mikasa. She she tries this one last ditch effort to say like, hey, uh, Mikasa, like, come kick it on the boat while this crazy stuff is happening. And obviously Mikasa isn't rocking with it, but why one last ditch effort? Like, I don't get it from her perspective. It's not like she really cared about her in the first place. Could you, like, if you were to put yourself in her shoes, is there any reason why she would do that? Um, the only thing I could think of is that she she wants the ultimate power of her own country. And I feel like through Mikasa, she might be able to do that just because I don't mm. think she's like the the main government figure uh, on that wherever her country is. And I think through Mikasa, since Mikasa is the one like the rightful, I guess, heir to the throne that she might be able to maybe sneak her way to the top through her. But that's the only thing that I can think of. Is there anything that you can dig up? Um, so I honestly was like, I really didn't understand why she was trying to do this silly act again, <laughs> because the, you know, it's crystal clear that Mikasa has no intention. Well, I mean, granted we've seen the crystal clearness, but it seems really inappropriate to to bring her, try to bring her over at this point, um, especially if they haven't had very much interaction outside of like, hey, we, um, you know, look, check this out. We're from the same clan and everything like that. And we haven't seen them like interact because hasn't gone over there or anything like that. But it also kind of gave us a good idea that the the actual clan the azumabitos are in a desperate way too because hizuru is like close to cutting them off because they just made a really you know they've cost them a lot of money investing in paradise and probably some bad pr too knowing what this country's done so at this point they are kind of as inclined as anybody else to secure power and I think probably get Aaron to meet Zeke at some point, right? The rumbling yeah. needs to happen. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I still don't fully understand why she needs the rumbling to happen though. Do you know why? Um, yeah. So the reason why is because for her clan themselves, they are not like destined to rule. So I think it is one of those things where, um, 
you know, the Hizuru, the country, gave the clan enough rope for them to either lead to something really great or hang themselves with. Oh, I see. So okay. at this point, if it all goes to hell, then it's just is going to be really bad for the country. So that's why I'm thinking, you know, for the safety of their or longevity of their clan and country, like things need to work out pretty well. Gotcha. Okay. Another thing, too, that I don't think we mentioned is Pix comes in with a really off-the-wall idea of trying to bargain with Aaron. And is this is obviously going to be a clear question, Chris. <laughs> what, are, what are the other options here? Are there any? Are there better ones? Are there worse ones? Like, what's going on, man? I was about to say, I don't think there really is. Because I think Pix's main goal is just to not not lose any more uh, soldiers and not lose any more. I guess just not have any casualties just because of what they've been through the past, whatever, 10 years, nine, 10 years or whatever, when this all first started. Uh, I think he's really just wanting to have like a peace, like the most peaceful resolution as possible. And to me, it only, it, it seems like this is the only, the only option just because of how much, unrest there is uh, around the the island and how there's already a bunch of spies and a bunch of flock in the Jaegerists out there. Shout out yeah. to my boy Jordan for the band name. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I, to me, like I said, that's the only, only thing that seems right. Is it, do you have any other thoughts? I'm see. I don't think that there's much to do in this situation. They don't have very many bargaining chips. So I think he's just trying to use the stuff he has, which I think is probably the right choice. Like I'm mm-hmm. in agreement with you. I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure there's much else to do here. Yeah. And there's not a lot of people that I feel like he doesn't really, really trust right now. So, I mean, I guess just leave it up to the people who have the power and I hope for the best. Yeah. I, you know, at the very least, it's going to be a really interesting conversation as far as bargaining chip. And I feel like it also puts a really tight time limit on it Mm -hmm. because it'll just be a moment of time for them or like, you know, a matter of time for them to find where Zeke's at. I mean, there there's the soldiers there that know where they're at, of course. Mm -hmm. And then we have Hanji and then there's three random soldiers that do delivery supplies so like you know it's not a perfectly hidden spot i mean granted paradise is big but um you know it'll be a matter of time till they find them so it's almost a race for picks to utilize his information to actually get some value out of it too so really kind of an exciting setup for for the future yeah, I'm not liking the the three random soldiers who deliver supplies. That already sounds sounds uh, yeah. Jaeger esque, I guess. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, we they do have a couple more in the military, and yeah. you know the way that they have been really good with kind of being in the right place at the right time. I wouldn't be surprised if one of those guys was, uh, you know, loose lips sink ships, and I feel like that might be mm-hmm. one of these. Or at least find them. You could find these guys and then figure out where exactly they're going to. So yeah. it's a it's not a sure shot. Like they're gonna get found out at some point. So you gotta I would say, you know what the one thing I would do though? 
I would then obviously move Levi and Zeke somewhere different. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. If I was in their shoes, I would. I feel like I would constantly move them to different spots and mm. change who's going, like the the people who are doing deliveries and delivering the supplies and stuff. Yeah, I would constantly change who those people are, so no one knows exactly where they are at one time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's about right. Or, you know, you could just like deliver a spot, deliver, you know, make the put delivery some in some random place. Mm-hmm. And then, you They'd know, Zeke's. Yeah, exactly. Levi's yeah. guys would come and get it, which is also probably handy. But, um, you know, one of those things where it takes a lot of coordination and really, really strong efficiency and trust to pull off some of those things. And the military just doesn't have those, even though I think, you know, on the, at the death of Dallas, they might be a little bit more agile being that it's like one less guy to try to pass off a decision or get a decision passed. But yeah, it's still not looking good for the, for the military at all. Yeah. I feel like it's not looking good for the entire Island. It's yeah, it's all, it's all bad, Jordan. It's all bad. It is all bad. We're taking L's out here, and <laughs> the last and finally, like one of the fattest ones of them all. I mean, Hanji's going to go see what's up with the restaurants and stuff like that, rightfully so. But we also see at the very, very end, we see Pike, the cart titan, just hanging out and doing exactly what Paradis did to them at the start of this season. It's crazy. It's so crazy. How yeah. do you not have people at at the port kind of doing customs check and having like a, you know, like. Dude. Yeah. People at the border, you know, checking passports, things like that. How do you not have that? Are you serious? No, it's ridiculous, man. It's crazy. It's uh, it, Man, it's like one of those things is so important. And another thing that tells us is like, if she's over there, you know that everybody else is too. Mm-hmm. Just off of the pure fact of like her Titan f- fighting style is support. So it's yeah. like, you know, yeah, Gilliard's around. And then if we're lucky, we'll get to see the big fellow one more time as well. So it's just yeah. like, it's going to be a really exciting one, man. Yeah, there's so many different wrinkles in in i guess in the plot right now because you have so many different factions and different people with different beliefs like there's i feel like there's a lot of different groups like there's there's the government and then there's the military and then within the military you have the scouts the garrison and the police and they all have different different views and they're all differing from each other and then from there you have the volunteers you have yelena who's just this wild card and then there's obviously Zeke and Aaron who kind of seem like they're on the same page. And then it seems like everyone's against Zeke and Aaron. And then we have the people of Marley coming over for a sneak attack. And then you have the the citizens of Paradise who are starting like a, a civil war, basically. And then there's like the whole aspect of Mikasa and Armin. I am so curious to see like Mikasa's decisions like leading up to I guess the final episodes because I feel like she's gonna be so torn between the island and the scouts and then there's there's Aaron, the person that she's loved yeah. and protected basically her entire life. And so I, I'm really, 
really wanting to see what happens with that. Yeah, it should be really interesting and really good. And, you know, you listed all those things, which is so crazy, and you hit them all straight on. But another thing that is really clear about this situation is we might know who's involved, but there's very little information on exact motivations for things. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, the biggest one is Aaron, right? We don't know his motivation for these things. So it's like, you really, really are just kind of left out in the dark on a lot of this stuff. And it, you know, well, it helps for the excitement. That's for sure. But it's a, you know, are there any closing arguments or ideas or thoughts before we go into thinking about what this next episode will hold for us? Um, not really. I, dude, I almost feel like we're going to get more episodes than just these last, I think, is it four? Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. So that was the 12th. So yeah. there, four more. I feel like there's way too much stuff to address in, in that amount of time. So I, I think I'm going to, I'm putting my, Damn, I'm putting my hat on saying that there's going to be some more and I'm going to be, I'm going to be really excited if it happens, but it just doesn't seem seem right, I guess. Because, like I said, there's just so much stuff going on. And I feel like there's a lot more info on, like, the Titans themselves and how they came to be that we haven't gotten answered yet. And I don't think we're heading in that direction quite yet. And I feel like that could be, like, the second, or it could be the second half of this last season. Dude, I really hope that you're right. Because, I mean, more Attack on Titan is just better for the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, 100%. But it's it's like, I don't want to get, I'm scared to get my hopes up like that. You're just yeah. braver than me, essentially, is what's going on here. <laughs> I, I want to believe, but I'm just not as brave. Yeah, it it's, could totally uh, just be false hope. But I, I re- I'm just really wanting that to happen because I... I just because the way of the, these episodes have gone this past three or four, like since we've been back on parodies, basically, like I, I feel like it's been kind of slow burning and there's just so much more info that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's tons to understand still. And I'm really looking forward to chipping away at it because mm-hmm. I feel like this episode really set us up for something really amazing yeah well anyway what do we have for next episode chris what are you predicting the it'll be this i I think i said this last pod but this one is for sure gonna be the start of of my theory it's gonna happen next episode (laughs) i do want to get behind you thanks dude But yeah, I just kind of going off of the the preview for the next episode. We're gonna go to the the restaurant. Some things are gonna go down. Uh, I'm curious to see. I want to know exactly where Haji's going. If she's actually going to the restaurant or not. Uh, and then we're gonna see people from Marley starting to get get into the fold and then into the action. Uh, I don't know if we're going to see Aaron and Zeke get together this episode, maybe the episode, the next episode after the one coming up. Uh, but yeah, the theory, the theory is about to, about to get real hot next episode. What are your thoughts? Yeah. 
Man, I, I'm about a lot of the things that you said there. I'm really excited to see what happens in the restaurant. And uh, then we could get some validation on that. And also, I'm just so curious to see what Pike's about to do. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I don't think that she's going to be the first to act. But she, she'll be the, you know, she's obviously, she's clearly going to be the one that's going to be in Paradise and in the thick of it. Number one, just because she's the smartest. Two. You know, I think that they they know who what everyone looks like for the most part, but uh, I think she's just more capable than Reiner and Gilliard to to handle this. But mm. I just I feel like it's going to be a crazy one. We're going to see a little bit more action on the Marley and offensive, and hopefully we get a little bit more context. And I'm not even I'm not even asking for Aaron and Zeke to meet. I just need a little bit more context on what Aaron's about. Yeah. And I'll take that. Yeah. I want it all, man. I just want to know <laughs> yeah, everything, dude. especially that conversation between Yelena and Aaron. It just seems so, so important. So key to mm-hmm. like how everything has unfolded so far. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I 100% agree with you. And it's like, I mean, this show's doing exactly what, it's meant to do, which is just be really pivotal, really interesting, and um, really hard not to watch. So here we are. Mm-hmm. But anyway, once again, man, uh, thank you for being on this episode, and thank you for imparting all your, you know, wit, charm, and <laughs> all the dope theories and thoughts on Attack on Titan. Do you have anything as far as parting words? Nope. Just thank you, Jordan. As always, it's it's been a blast and it will continue to be a blast until this is this uh season is all season all done. four part two. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> definitely hoping for season four part two. I guess we'll get more of that maybe later on. I could just be totally crazy. Who knows? Uh but yeah, thank you listeners. Appreciate you guys tuning in and uh letting us give you all of this juicy goodness. I couldn't have said it better myself, so I'm going to keep it short. Thanks to all you guys who have listened, and uh, Flock and the Jaegerists out. Thank you. 